And welcome to Shakespeare, the official Lion Face Productions podcast where we talk about Shakespeare. My name is Chase, your mostly quiet producer. Today, we step into one of our favorites here at Lion Face, The Tempest. If you live in Northwest Ohio and would like to get involved with our organization, be it to act, direct, or anything else theater-related, please reach out to us at facebook.com forward slash lionfaceproductions. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash Shakespeare and at ShakespearePod. And now, on with the show. Courtesy of Good Tickle Brain, and this is pertinent to what we've done in the past couple episodes, Apparently, the Globe Theater has been celebrating National Storytelling Week, and they've been asking a question every day, and today they ask the most difficult question ever, which is, if you could have only one Shakespeare play in any form for the rest of your life, which play would you choose? Well, I feel like I have been only ever given much ado about nothing, (laughs) so not that one. Yeah. And her response was, the history octology is essentially one long play, right? Right? Right. So, relevant to what we've been talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was an interesting question. What one Shakespeare play? <clears throat> That's a really, yeah, that is a really tough one. Mackers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I, if I only get one. Yeah. That one. Oof. See, I think about it too much, and I'm like, are we talking for my own personal enjoyment, or like what I think is most beneficial for the world to have? Right. No, your own personal enjoyment. My own personal yeah. enjoyment is much ado. Much ado? Yeah. Much ado. <laughs> exactly. See, that's why I always much ado that, because I feel, I feel like every time I sit down with people and they're like... We should do Shakespeare play. What should we do? Let's do much ado about nothing. I'm like, oh god damn it! Much ado don't, much ado don't want to do that play anymore. <laughs> um, so I, I love, I love much ado, and I, you know, so I get why everybody mm-hmm. wants to do it. But it's only like I don't feel like it's done a bunch of different ways. Yeah. Like that may change what time period it's set in, but it's the same show over and over. No, but I do much ado, but it's always been so much done. It's a, yes. Thank you. I'm You're welcome. welcome. It's been so much done. But it's my favorite characters, and it's my favorite... The writing is good. ...story. And so for my own personal enjoyment, if I have to pick one story that I'm going to be able to watch without getting tired of, it's more likely... I'm, I'm more likely to last through Much Ado About Nothing several times than other plays before I get tired of it. I'm pretty sure that that is because... There is something that we all identify with Beatrice for. Like, well, yeah. yeah. Like, I want to be super smart and sassy and have everybody be like, oh, you're so pretty and you're so smart. I'm a king and you should marry me. No, no. You're too costly to wear every day. <laughs> like, that, we would all love to be that kind of sassy. So, yes, I understand that. And I think everybody wants to play Beatrice. Uh, but if I had to watch one show over and over and over again, I want it to be one that can be done in so many different ways. Like, I've seen Hamlet done in a bunch of different ways. And I might pick Hamlet because there's humor and there's fighting and there's melodrama. I don't want to watch anything every day for the rest of think You don't have to watch it every day for the rest of your life. It's just you, if that's you the want only Shakespeare, Shakespeare, that's you your get. only option. I was friends with Mike... For a really, really long time, very close. I feel like then I did get Shakespeare. Mm. Right, I only got Hamlet for a while. 
What would you pick? You picked Mackers. Mackers. What would you pick? Um, for personal enjoyment, probably Midsummer. Midsummer is another good one. I feel like Midsummer um, can be done a couple different for, ways. For you know, world edification, probably Mackers. I'm. A, I know that we did Troilus and Cressida, and we were all like <laughs> lampooning you it. You would I'm, not pick Troilus and Cressida. Why not? It's got sex. It's got drugs. It's got violence. It's got a weird, creepy uncle. <laughs> to be fair, it does have, like, the first part of Romeo and Juliet crammed on at the beginning there, too. So you're kind of getting two for one there. No. I, you know what? Actually, <laughs> no. I think, I think I'm going to go with Antony and Cleopatra. Okay. I'm going to make your teeth bleed? I'm going to make your teeth bleed. So Antony and Cleopatra not only can be done in a bunch of different ways... But Cleopatra's got some fantastic lines. Mm, true. She literally said, I am going to make your teeth bleed. And that's fantastic. But also then we get the longest death mm-hmm. of any yeah. Shakespeare. As Anthony takes a million years to die. Two Can scenes. I two full fucking scenes. Work around the question by saying that I want the Shakespeare pl- play that's cobbled together by following the friar. Yes! <laughs> I forgot that we were writing a Shakespeare the one, the one that we're going to write that is <laughs> yes. literally just... How is the friar? How is it this the friar? The same friar. The same friar always every... suggesting that somebody we should, should fake absolutely their death. sit down and write that play because we're not really writing a whole lot. Like we'd have to write a couple of bridge parts, but we should absolutely sit down, write that, and perform it with Lion Face. We should. We'll take it up to the village players because I sit on their board. I'm probably sure I can talk <laughs> them into it. Just to like, yeah, we'd have, we'd have to bridge. We'd have to bridge the plays together and figure out a good chronology for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. We could get that done in a year. Yeah, we yeah, could. we could. I'm gonna say it's like if nothing else, we could certainly put on um, all of these plays over the course of a year and have the same guy playing the friar in each one. I don't want to do that. It's a lot of plays with friars in them. I, yeah, you're not wrong. Do you, but if we all do right, that, tell you what, got... you're Ryan's handler when we have to do R and J. No. Yes. No, I, not, I, you know if I'm but, playing the friar, it's okay. He's barely in that. I, why does Ryan have to be involved? He can. He doesn't have to be involved with that one. <laughs> hey Ryan, how many lion face things have you not been involved with by choice? By choice? Yeah. I don't even know if there's one that you haven't been involved with, like period. But I'm just gonna say. Oh, well, I mean, there's a few that I didn't have time to be a part of. You know. But I can't say that there's any that I haven't been involved in by choice. So, and I've, and I've always been involved in some way, shape, or form, even if it's just, you know, helping to get the chairs and things like that. So, I'm going to say you're still Ryan's handler, <laughs> Chase, when we do Iron J. You're going to be moving a lot of chairs, my friend. <laughs> Your theory is just to tire him out so that he can't complain about just, it. Just don't yeah. wear me out. Yeah. No, it's going to be a Sisyphusian task, moving chairs from one side of the auditorium to the other. Your nice glasses use... slipped on your nose when you said Sisyphusian. Sisyphusian. Mm. Nice use of that, though. Yeah, thank you. You can get away with reference. just saying a Sisyphian task, mm. I think. Maybe. I think Sisyphian? Yeah, I think you can, because I don't. I, I, I think you can. You don't need to have the, yeah. the fuss yeah. in the end. Do you think yeah. about Sisyphus a lot while you do your work? More often than I should. <laughs> In sales, whenever the new month rolls around or the new quarter or whatever it is, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, God damn it, the fucking rock rolled back down the damn hill. Yep. <sighs> oh, man. God, the rates are shitty this month. Yeah, no, stop it. 
Yeah, no put bank your, talk. Put your head down. <laughs> no bank talk. No bank talk. All right, so have we checked the uh, alcohol content of all of our beers this time around? Yes, and so I ate a healthy meal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm drinking a known quantity beer. I'm having mm-hmm. Grolsch today, which is only related to Shakespeare in that it was around when these plays were being written. Um, and it has low alcohol content. What? I could, like, I was thinking about that last night. I'm like, man, something bad happened at the last podcast. <laughs> what was I drinking? And I can't even remember the name of it. Like, I have no idea what I was drinking. I don't know. I, I took the last one home, so that way... It, it wasn't in the house, here, but yeah. yeah, it was... I do know, but I'm not going to tell you <laughs> in order to protect... It was like fry or something? No. What was it? Just tell no. me. Just nope. tell me. No. I can happened. easily just go back and listen I've to the last said, podcast. I know, but I've said on the air now that I'm not going to tell you. I can't go back on my word. That's fair. Well, and we all know you don't <laughs> listen to it, Beth. <laughs> my voice sounds real like my head voice versus what actually comes out of my mouth are so drastically different mm-hmm. that I find it uh, startling. Well, you my don't talk that much in the last one. I, do, I didn't <laughs> so because it's the first well, one okay, to so, to. No, it had to be, it had to be <laughs> in, me and Ryan. In my Cassie defense, I, in my yeah. defense, Chase did it too. <laughs> True. Like, well, yeah, I know that's like Chase fell asleep. On most of the time, like I've gotten drunk on this show before. That's the point, right? right? I haven't gotten like slammed my head into the wall. <laughs> I got so drunk so quickly that I couldn't like. I just wanted to go to sleep. Couldn't, I just couldn't wanted to function go to sleep. for the rest of the yeah. podcast. So like the sobering up of the second podcast was why. I just was gone. Yeah. I'm like, oh god, why am I sitting upright? That couch mm. looks yeah. good. Yeah. So I've had it's a decent amount comfy. of caffeine. I ate a good meal, and I'm drinking a low proof beer. Okay. <laughs> I like this play a lot. You know who else gets so drunk they can't function? I don't know. Stefano and Trinculo. Stefano and Trinculo and Caliban for a little bit there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Segwaying in. Segwaying in. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's, hey, hey, what, what, what show is this that we'll be talking about? This unnamed Shakespeare. The play? one with no, it's Stefano Trinculo. I'm gonna jump the gun here. It's okay, we're, 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 we are doing the Tempest on on this episode of uh, of Shakespeare. Really, they clicked on the link that says the Tempest right there in it. They should. Oh, know I'm sorry. They should know by Wait, now. Stop. Stop. So when you open up a book and you're like, oh, well, I picked it up in the store, so I looked at the front cover, do you then mock the title page when you get to it? You're like, well, I already knew that I was reading this book. Why did you have to put it again? Flip. Well, that's, the title page is there so the author has something to sign. No, that's why the placard in the front page is there. No. Yes. You sign on the title page. No. Yes, you do. (laughs) Well, I'm not an author yet, so I don't know. Do you know how many famous authors have been around? (laughs) So I just... So two uh, weeks ago, are we gonna have I an went... argument about where to sign a book? <laughs> no, yes, probably. So you know what? You know what happens in the tempest? A book gets thrown in the sea. Spoilers! For fuck's sake, that's the last thing that happens in the tempest. Well, good, good. I I did go. I bet to... I bet he didn't sign it on the title page before he hucked it in the ocean. I I went to a um, science fiction fantasy writing. Symposium, I don't know, con- convention mm. um, called Confusion. Mm, terrible pun, by the way. Mm. I went two weekends ago. Mm-hmm. I only got to go for one day because of a terrible storm. Yep. Sad face. Um, but I did get to meet a couple of people, and I found a really cool author that I'd never heard of before. Um, and she teaches up in Ann Arbor. Mm. And she let me buy her book, like, 
I went up to talk to her. I'm like, man, your book, you're, you sound so amazing. Like, every idea that you said during the panel really spoke to me. Um, is your book Ice Bar, is it available to purchase? Are you going to be signing tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, yes, and I have a copy here. Why don't you just give me whatever you have? <laughs> like, whatever you want to pay me, just pay me, and I'll just sell you my book, and I'll sign it. She signed it. You know where she signed? Front cover. Right there. Right on the front. Hmm. Not even on the title page. On, like, the front cover of the book? Yeah. Like... It has it says, have fun destroying worlds. It's a good I sign. I feel about that. that. Is, I mean, that is, a, that is a good... I would tell you her name, but it is... She is German. It is a very German name. Ah. And I cannot pronounce it. Fair enough. Well, it's... Say we'll put it in the show notes, except we yeah. probably won't. Well, yeah, it's Peta. Do we put any, Do we ever <laughs> put anything in the show notes? Very rarely. Here, we'll do this where I get Ryan to say words that I can't say. Fair enough. Um, while you're doing that, hey, this is Shakespeare. Yes, this is Shakespeare. This is a Lion Face Productions podcast where we talk about Shakespeare while drinking beer. Oh, it's not that bad. Um, if you've gotten, what, 30-some episodes in at this point... Petra Cooper's. Hey, this could be their first episode. It could be. It could you be. Could have been, you could have been with us from day one, or you could be uh, simply tuning in now for episode 33 of the Shakespeare podcast. 33? 33. Yeah. 33. Like that. mm, that's almost as old as I am. This is number 33. I'm Ryan Halfhill. I'm Beth Roars. Cassie Greenley. Chase Greenley. And uh, we are happy to talk about the Tempest today. Mm-hmm. I, I am actually excited and happy. I love this that. play. This is this is uh, my favorite comedy slash romance. I would say so. This would be a play that I would be willing to be like the only play, the only Shakespeare. Uh, this is definitely on my list. Actually, I this was going to bring it up earlier, but we hadn't gotten to the. Yeah. This was the play we were doing. Um, this would be my parents' choice. They saw the Tempest in Stratford. Ontario on their honeymoon and so now every time Stratford does the Tempest they make a point of going up to Stratford to see it Aww. so this yeah this show is their show um I love this yeah. play I've directed this play um it's a very important one to me so as far as like if I had to choose anything other than Mackers It'd be the for Tempest. me it would be the Tempest alright I like the Tempest a lot one of my favorite uh, shows that I've ever shot before because I did the production photos for this one, and uh, when uh, Lionface did it, uh, y'all did a Commedia dell'art. Yes, so had yes. some beautiful masks. I still have the entirety of Caliban's outfit in my basement, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is creepy when you just look in the box at it. Yeah, but I I am a huge fan of this play, and uh, it's it's got it's got a lot to it. It's got romance. It's got. Uh, intrigue, it has deception, it has drunkenness, magic, and colonialism and racism. Well, yes, that too. Oh, and uh, the objectification of the female body to the most extreme. It's not that there are not problems with this (laughs) play. But sometimes, okay, so we will talk about many plays that there are problems with, but sometimes it's the problems in those plays that make us continue to go back to them. Well, so, yeah, sometimes so, it's what makes them more interesting and more, you know... And I, There's definitely, like, Merchant of Venice. I kind of shy away from it because the problems aren't one... Like, it's just frustrating. Yes, the whole thing's a that's, problem. Yes. The whole thing's a problem. Super frustrating. Um, but I did... I read this today, and then I also watched... 
Julie Taymor's. I went looking for Julie Taymor's. It's on YouTube. I own it. The whole thing's on YouTube. It told me so, I was going to have to pay two ninety nine to no, watch No, somebody's it. uploaded the whole thing. Okay. I um, own it. Why, don't, why didn't you just ask me? I've, I, I've seen because it Because I, I procrastinate, Ryan, and I didn't start studying for this podcast I, I own it on until Blu-ray. five hours ago. It came out, it actually came out in, I believe it was, it came out in 2011. And yes. I avoided watching it because that was when I was directing the yeah. Tempest. So if I but refer, as soon as, as soon as everything was done, I sat down and watched it. I ordered it on Blu-ray, beautiful. and I, I love it. We'll talk it about is. it yeah, in, we will. in the, um, the next episode. If I refer to Prospero as Prospera and female, it's because that's what well, I just because watched. Dame Helen Mirren and, and is fantastic. <laughs> she's but wonderful. Let's start from the top. And do our plot synopsis. Okay, well, on the uh, at the top of the play, we start in a tempest on a ship with a boatswain. I just like the bosun. word bosun. It's spelled boatswain. It's pronounced bosun. <laughs> I'm gonna keep saying boatswain. It's, it's um, a bosun. So why why are we just getting rid of letters? <laughs> That's how it's pronounced. It's just the way it is. Have you met the English language? Bosun. <laughs> well, like there's Bo- no bosun. Bosun. We're getting rid of the T and the A, huh? And the W. Bo, bo. B O. It's it's usually pronounced B O S U N is how it's pronounced. We'll spell it that way. Anyway, so yes, we start in the middle of a storm with the bosun and Bosley. the ship's master, um, who are trying to batten down the hatches <laughs> to survive this storm. I well, this scene, by the way, because yes, I fully believe great. that this would be what would happen if a majority of the people I know. We're on a boat and it was going down. Twenty percent of them would be like, "Mountain the hatches, scoop the buckets, something on the poop deck," and the other eighty percent would be like, "Um, can you save us?" <laughs> no, yes. really, we've got the king. Can you save us? You don't seem so, to be saving us right now. All the passengers on the ship are up on the deck, going, "Um, this storm is a problem." Yeah, can we? Do and all something? the all the ship's people are like, "Would you please get below deck get where below you deck. Like, survive?" Yeah. Sorry, but you are being rude to the king, and I think you should stop the storm. This is un- <laughs> this is this is just outlandish. That you would have scheduled a storm while we were trying to cross the ocean. And so the people... Get below decks. The horrible people that are causing all of these problems are um, Alonzo, who is the king of Naples. Yes. Sebastian, who is his brother. And where there's a Sebastian, there is always an Antonio. Yes. <laughs> which is the case in this play. And Antonio... And we also have Gonzalo. Is old the Duke of Milan. Gonzalo. And Gonzalo, who is the honest old counselor of Naples and the only decent human being in the bunch. He is a nice Alonzo's not horrible. Ferdinand is also Ferdinand is also, and Ferdinand, who is the prince. All right, so we'll have to get into this in the second thing, but everybody in this play is set up in threes. Putting a pin in it. Yeah. Yes. So everybody's set in threes. Everyone everyone is a trio. Yeah. So we have good trios and bad trios across the board, but we'll go into the trios later. Um, and so, finally, the people on the ship are like, you know what? There's really nothing we can do. Get on your knees and pray. <laughs> and um, Antonio and Sebastian are like, there has to be something else we can do. And then they're like, oh, the king's on his knees praying. Well, we better get on our knees and pray then. Follow the lead of the king. <laughs> <laughs> and then we abandon them. We do. Well, we can assume the ship... 
Yeah, well, yeah, so Antonio has a line near the end of the scene that goes, let's all sync with the king. And Sebastian goes, let's take leave of him. Let's, let's, yeah. Yeah. let's, let's bugger off. So I say... And of course Gonzalo's <laughs> like, but Gonzalo's like, I would rather die a dry death. Maybe. If somebody just could put me in the desert right now. Guy. No, I'm not saying fuck that guy. I'm just thinking, like, if he's going to drown, I'll go to the desert. Like, how about that? Yeah, let me go Maybe somewhere. if he's going to just sink with the ship on his knees praying, I'm going to do something more practical and, like, like try j- to swim for jump it. Jump and swim. Mm. Which uh, makes sense that we make mention of that, because they'll be separated later. Mm-hmm. All right, so then we're going to jump over to... Um, Miranda and Prospero. Miranda and Prospero. Um, Prospero, the... The sorcerer. The sorcerer, the deposed... Deposed Duke, Duke of Milan. You, you don't know that yet. Not until he makes his daughter you know it if you listen. You know it if you've read the list of characters. Shut up. The Dramatis Persona. Well, I don't persona. need to read that Dramatis Persona. I know that I'm reading The Tempest. Why would I go through that? Why did they even put that in there? Because it's not inherently no. included in why, the title. Why, why, why title does Beth thing? have to be contrary? Oh, I've met her. <laughs> I learned it from watching you, Dad. <laughs> but we have Miranda going, Dad, did you do this? And we know from the beginning that Prospero is a sorcerer because literally the stage directions are enter Prospero in his magic cloak with a staff. <laughs> so how do you dress someone in a magic cloak? In my mind, it's always like covered in stars and moons. And like, and he's got like the big classic, classic like, wizard outfit. Yeah, like a big hat and a long white beard. And I wonder if that is because that's what Mickey... <laughs> And the, the, the like the classic Mickey Mouse Fantasia costume. Yeah, the, is, that's the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Uh, can you make the argument now for the Sorcerer's Apprentice being an adaptation of the Tempest? I can. I can. I will. I will. So I don't have it yet. <laughs> put a pin in it. We're gonna put, put a pin in, in that. We'll come back to it. By the in, time episode, the in the next episode, done, by the time Beth the and I are going to make this happen, and we will. Okay, write yes, that. But, yeah, yeah, Miranda goes, Dad. Dad, did you do this? And Dad goes, I. Probably did. Um, so sit down. I need to tell you a long story in which I will interrupt myself often because you've probably started to look at, like, I don't know. Is she looking at a rat or a bug or something? Because he keeps stopping, the he keeps stopping and going, you're not paying attention to me. And she's like, I, I am I paying attention I, to you, Dad. But he is droning on quite a bit. Yes. Yeah, and, he's and you, have, you have to have a very interesting Prospero. Yes, because otherwise, a lot. scenes like this... Get real boring, yeah, real quick. But he tells the story of he was yeah. Duke of Milan, and then all of a sudden his brother shows up and goes, "I'm Duke of Milan now." Well, he he look was the me. Duke of Milan. I am the Duke now. He was look at me, look at me, look at me. I am the Duke now. So his his brother comes to his court, and Prosper is like, "You know what? If you took on some of my duties, I could spend more time." Studying. Studying. Yeah, yes. And I could really make Milan a place of great learning. So why don't you do the governing and I'll just read sh- my book. schmooze and read my books. And so f- eventually Sebastian was like, okay, well then I'm going to do the governing to the point of you're banished now. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to replace all your people with my people. And by the time you figure out that all your friends are now my friends... You're going to be like, why did you do this? So, and I'll put you in a boat. Because and so, on a boat with his three-year-old daughter. Because yes. he was a loved, he was a loved duke. So yeah, he was, he was, 12 years ago, was still the Duke of Milan. 12 years ago, from from the start of the play, was when Which, by Prospero the way, makes Miranda 15. 15. 
Yes. Mr. 15. Um, I think my favorite exchange in this whole thing is that he starts this story by going, your father was the Duke of Milan. And she's like, um, aren't you my father? Your mother was a woman of virtue and she said you were my daughter, so... <laughs> Sure. He, so he extrapolate from data. He, he, he dad jokes there. He's like, a well, little bit, yeah, yeah. Which is also a recycled dad joke because that is, is Shakespeare's totally most common in, dad joke in Much Ado About Nothing as well. But mm-hmm. he uses it over and over again. We should start taking note of all of the times. Every time he's like, "Well, your mom said so. <laughs> your mother did tell me you were." And she she was a woman of virtue. I want somebody to be like. Your mom told me, but she was a huge slut, so maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? You didn't. But anyway, he's telling this story, and he's talking about how his brother got the backing of the king of Naples, who hates Prospero, and so that's how he was able to launch this, and that's why they've been stranded here, and it is Prospero's deepest wish to bring revenge upon all of the people who wronged him and go reclaim his dukedom. And he's like, I did not, you know, he's like, none of them are harmed, you know. Don't they're worry, all fine. they're yeah. fine. And then like, when she why don't keeps, you just... When she keeps asking questions, he's like, and you should go to sleep now. Now, so when I originally read this, all of the times I've read this, before I had children, I was like, what a dick move. Why would you just, like, put your kid to sleep? But then, I had, had kids, and I'm like, man, if I could have one of Prospero's powers. One. Sleep. Fuck Ariel. Fuck being able to control a tempest. I want to put my kids to sleep just like that. You laugh. No, I understand. Mm-hmm. You under? Do you understand because of how many times I've been like, Cassie, I haven't slept more than like four hours in two years. <laughs> and I literally am seeing pink elephants everywhere. Pink elephants. No, um, that I, like, it's a dick move. It's a dick move. He just doesn't want to. It's a great way to. We need Miranda to still be here for the rest of the scene, but I need her to not interact with Ariel so there's still mystery and magic. I need, I need so, Miranda to not pay attention to what I have to talk about with Ariel. Yeah. So we're just going to, let's just um, sleep now. Um, and we need her to not know the story already because we need to give the audience the exposition. Well, it's exposition for the oh, audience. Oh, Captain Exposition. Yeah, and so then Ariel shows up. Ariel is not a mermaid. In this, and planet. not necessarily female. Actually, first to male. himself in male he's, terms. He's got one of my favorite Shakespeare lines in this particular scene. Yes, I yes. love the phrase "I flamed amazement." Yeah. I love it. It's a Tra- beautiful tradition. Traditionally, or at least, you know, and not even, not even, not even in the Shakespearean sense of during that time, all women were also played by men anyway. But in that. The traditionally, is, the role is yeah. was traditionally male. And, it eventually um, did evolve to become a female role. I well, think that's economy. because it's it's like a p- spirit of the air, and we tend to code that more feminine. Yeah, yes. uh, air and water tend to be very feminine. Fire and earth. Yeah, tend to be very- but Prospero summons Ariel. Ariel is an air spirit um, who does things for Prospero, and Prospero's like, "Great job with the tempest. Thanks for that." Uh, now we got to separate these goons. And Ariel's always and Ariel's like, like, "Okay, so uh, let's talk about my freedom." You did say that if I helped you out for like a year, which it's been a year, you would free me. And then my favorite bit of exposition for the audience is Prospero going, "Do you not remember?" Why you agree to do all this stuff for me? And I was like, No, I totally remember what happened. Let me tell you what Let happened me, to yes. you. Let me bring it. And it was this the witch who used to live on this island, name of Sycorax. Yes, Great not a doctor, name. not a Doctor Who villain. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> in this play. But they used the name for a Doctor Who uh, yeah. species. I should be able to say, I name you Sickrack, and then you disappear. <laughs> exactly. But the naming magic works only once. <laughs> Sorry. I love that episode. Yes. Um, but Sikrax the witch who lived on this island had enslaved Ariel inside a tree and then died and left Ariel inside a tree. Which I hate it when that happens. For an air spirit. Not good. Terrible punishment. And so when Prospero comes to the island, he frees Ariel from the tree. And out of gratitude, Ariel's like, I will serve you if you'll give me my freedom eventually. How much do you think that that was a mistake of him being like, I need firewood. I'm going to cut down that tree. And then when Arrow popped up, I was like, great master, you freed me. He was like, yes, I, I did free you. And you have to serve me now. And then I'll give you actual freedom. But then he does, he does threaten to, uh, if Ariel keeps talking, he threatens to peg him back in a, uh, he, uh, you know, peg him back in an oak so and leave him there. Prosper was, like, I know he's a dad, but he comes across as grumpy uncle. Yes. Through the entire play. Mm-hmm. He's always grumpy. And, and he's telling the story to Ariel of what happened to Ariel. And we get another one of my uh, favorite Ariel leaves. And Prospero wakes Miranda. She's like, oh, man, your story made me so tired. And his response is literally, shake it off. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on. We got to go visit we gotta go the see, man. We got to go see Caliban. We got to go see a so, guy who raped you once or tried to. Tried to. Who's Caliban? He's the son of Sycorax. The son of Sycorax. The witch. Who, Caliban is my I mean, f- favorite character in this play. Hate him. To play. Oh. To play. Well, okay, look. As far as from an actor's standpoint, I love yes. playing I would this like role. directing someone to play Caliban. I don't want to have to do what I would like to have Caliban do. Like there's a lot of crustacean stuff that I think that works well with him. But mm. this See, is See, I, I don't I've never seen it that way. Other people have, but I've never seen it seen it that yeah. way. But putting another pin in the whole colonialism aspect of this play, Caliban is the native inhabitant of this island. Yes. His mother was the witch. The island is his by rights. This white man gets shipwrecked and immediately claims everything, and now Caliban has been forced into slavery. And he was educated by the white people and taught their language and taught to fear God and then turned into a slave. All of things he complains about. You only taught me your language... So that I can help you, so I will use your language to curse you. Yes. Yes. That's what I I love it in Caliban. Caliban has some amazing, amazing lines, especially in this part. He does. As wicked do as ere my mother brushed with raven's feather from an wholesome fen drop on you both. He speaks better than most native English speakers. (laughs) I I love in this scene. Fascinating, fascinating verse work with Caliban pin. Yeah. We got a lot of pins in this bulletin board already. Oh, we got to get through this one fast, and they might sit through the next one too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know have, if we're we going to be able to rewrite the whole play. Well, because then we have we have Caliban explaining, "Hey, this is my this is island. my island, and I would really like you to not be here anymore." Yeah, I did. I I, I actually self censored. This is my fucking island, but I said island. <laughs> I know I do it every once in a while. Oh, it's because your second beer isn't even cracked yet. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm getting there. Sorry, uh, the beer that I am drinking tonight is an oxymoron for this play. It's by uh, Heavy Seas Brewing, but it's their Smooth Sail. 
that's but not what Ariel, happens. Which is not it, what it happens. Is, it is. It is for the way home. Well, <laughs> yes, at the very end, spoilers. He already told <laughs> us that the book goes in the ocean. That lady dropped the fucking necklace. But it's a, it's a summer ale, and there's a boat and a palm tree on on the uh, on the can here. So that's what I went with for uh, for the tempest. I go. You know, it is a heavy seas. Is the name of the brewery. So I thought that he should have gotten the cast. There was something. There was about a crooked crew. stave. Yeah. Well, uh, there was also a, a heavy seas crew ale, but I think that some of your favorite so people are the boatswain. Boatswain. Um. So then we could check back in with Ariel, who is taking all. But we do. Well, we do also have to one quick thing before yeah. we check back in with Ariel, because we didn't bring it up. This is where also Prospero's like, "Hey, you tried to rape my daughter," and he's like, "And I yes. would have too Had if you, you hadn't stopped me. I'd have peopled this whole place with Calibans." Yeah. Which there's a lot to talk about with Caliban being, being a victim. However, that not okay. No. So no. Yes. my not okay here. Caliban, that's not okay. Also, Prospero, don't make your daughter go to the house of the dude who tried to rape her. That's called re-traumatizing a victim. There's only one victim on this island. It's Miranda. Pure victim. There's also mm-hmm. lots of victimization that's going Yes. Either but yes. So douchebag dead. It is uh, worse than disco you know, dead. There, there are a worse lot of bad things that have happened to Caliban. And Caliban... Is still though. That aside, is not the nicest guy. No, he's not. But again, that's that's and a conversation been, to get yes. into no. later. He he is supposed to be monstrous. The way he looks is described as monstrous. The way he acts towards Miranda is monstrous. But at the same time, he's been enslaved. So he's, yeah, he's, he needs to be unhuman. As everything that Prospero has enslaved on the island is unhuman. Right. So, yeah, but. Reading an interesting book called Menagerie, which talks all about the inhuman. So, um. Cal- Caliban is, yeah, he's kind of a cool character to. to dissect, but I don't think I would want to play him. I, I've loved playing him. I've played him in the past, and he has amazing lines. And he is also part of uh, what we will eventually get into as the fun trio yeah. in the play. The drunk trio? The fun trio. <laughs> um, I personally would want to play Ariel because Ariel's just a lot of fun for me. Oh, yeah, um, Ariel's, Ariel's Ariel is like time, very... Puck but unhinged. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Puck but man. <laughs> what Puck wishes he could be. Yes. Aspirational. Puck. You know what? I think you need to knock on wood because if Robin hears you, you're done. <laughs> you're done for. Um, anyway, so then we check in with Ariel, who has separated all the people on the ship to various points and pieces of the island. And, and we get to meet. And we meet Ferdinand. And we Ariel meet him is. Very quickly. We do. Ariel's leading him on with a song saying, Oh, it sucks your dad is dead. <laughs> this way, I forgot please. about the song. Yeah, it's a. Why would you follow a song that's like, oh, I'm so sorry, your dad's dead. You should be the king now, but your dad's dead. And you're stuck on an island, and your dad at the bottom yeah. of the ocean. Full fathom five, thy father lies, of his bones are coral made. There, Those are pearls that were his eyes, nothing of him that doth fade, but doth suffer a sea change into something rich and strange. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm not like I'm not following. His bones are a coral reef. His mail, yeah, yeah. The, his bones are a coral reef. I don't follow that voice. This is why <laughs> things like the haunting of Hill House don't happen to me. <laughs> I don't follow the creepy voice talking about. And of course, while, while Ferdinand is being led along by by Ariel's song, Prospero is like is leading Miranda around, and then oh. Gosh, Miranda, look who happens to be on this beach. And then we it's have a young man. We have an Anna and Hans moment of instant love. Not even like love at first sight, like love before first sight. They were so entrenched in each other before a breath came out. Well, he's and, not been entrenched in her yet. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> that you know of. With Miranda, I can honestly almost understand it because he is literally the first. Man, other than her father, other than her father, and the monster, and this that, tried monster that tried to rape her that she's ever seen. And but what I love about this is Prosper's like, oh no, that's just it's a flesh and blood guy. We don't, shouldn't associate with him. And then like him. in his asides, he's like, I absolutely want my daughter to fall in love with the son of this king. But if I tell her that, then she won't do it. But if I pretend to forbid it, I watched this play once called Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I know what forbidding. This, this really <laughs> smart monk once told me. I met a friar on the road, and he said, "Just don't put it in their eyes. Don't give them poison. It will all go wrong. No more poison." But so he pretends to forbid and disapprove of the match, which of course. So is Prospero creepier or less creepy than the uncle from Troyes and Cressida? He's not creepy because he's not like slung his arms around both their shoulders going, hey, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, there's a bed right over there, huh? Now you kiss, now you kiss. <laughs> he's, he's not like playing Ken and Barbie and like pushing their heads together. That's Troy, there's a Cressida. I think that's a universal experience for everybody in their life that eventually they've pushed like G.I. Joe and Barbie's faces together. Kiss, kiss, Um, And so basically Prosper goes, hey, you, boy on the beach, um, I found you. Why shouldn't I kill you? Oh, come work for me and maybe I won't. You so know what? he enslaves Ferdinand. That is exactly what happened to Ariel. <laughs> I, um, I found you. I found you. I so freed, you don't mind now. I freed you from a tree. Uh, for, uh, uh, Ferdinand, I have freed you from... This beach a here. Beach. Beach. Um, we I have a conversation. Shop. Yeah, how about... We need to have a conversation with, Pro- with Prospero about... Um, He's a seagull. Owners. Mine, 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 mine. But if you want to talk about colonialism, (laughs) he is a walking, talking, saying lines of indicative colonialism. Yes, he is. Like, I found you, therefore you belong to me. This is mine now. This is mine. That is mine. I put a a flag in it. It's mine. (laughs) You shouldn't have put that in my leg. I found found this prince. It's mine now. At least like three times in this scene. Uh, Prospero, in an aside to Ariel, goes, you wonderful spirit, I'll free you for this. I'll free you in two weeks for this. Two days. Two days, two days. for this. And so, yeah, so it's like, don't talk to him, Miranda, he's a traitor. And she's like, but he's so pretty. And Ferdinand's like, hey, if you're a virgin, I'll marry you. Exactly! <laughs> his, like, one of his first phrases, Like, the first thing he says to Miranda. If you are not married and a virgin... Let's boof it out. Like, that's... Like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'll marry you for no reason. I don't need to get married. There's no... Like, nobody's talked about marriage before this point. Um, I'm not sure what marriage is. 
But she, yeah, sure. We can knock boots. Yeah, I am. Um, because you're uh, the third man I've ever seen. Yeah, so let's not rush into anything. That, she literally says, you're the third, yeah, you're man, the third I've man I've ever seen. seen. And, and Prosper's like, what do you want with him? She's like, he's real pretty. And he goes, yeah, but you only have Caliban to compare him to. Your, your, your system of compar- comparison is your own father. Clearly she's got... That guy. Clearly she has woman in her 30 syndrome. Well, and, and take what you can get. And the conversation cool. is, he's like, you know, to most men, this guy is a Caliban. Like, he's not that good looking. And her response is, well, I guess I have humble tastes then. Because <laughs> I want him. <laughs> Daddy, give me, give Daddy, me that guy. Daddy, give it to me. And it's this, like, pretense of agency. You're saying that Miranda only has a pretense she of She only ag- has a pretense of agency because she well, thinks she's making this... This choice, but she's not because Prospero set the whole thing up. Well, and and everything she does is controlled by her father. She has no agency. Yeah. All right. So that talking about Miranda is the biggest pin, I think. Actually, it's a medium-sized pin because there's not a whole pin. there's not a whole lot to talk about her. <laughs> yeah, but the, it's the discussion the, basically is what we've said. And when we talk about adaptations. The problem of Miranda will come back over and oh, yeah. over and over again. Every time we talk about adaptation for it. Um, so, yes. Yeah. So, so then we, we move on. Act on. two. Act yeah. two. Alonzo, Sebastian, Antonio, Gonzalo. Gonzalo. Gonzalo, Adrian, and Francisco. Who and are, nobody really cares about Adrian no, and Francisco. They're, they're, the important thing is Alonzo, Sebastian, Antonio, Gonzalo. But the reason that yes. Adrian and Francisco are there is so there's six of them. So there's six. Because you've got the trio of the highborn and the trio of the not highborn. Um, yes, yeah, so you have Gonzalo, Adrian, and Francisco. Um, and then you have an Alonzo, Sebastian, and Antonio. So there's a. This scene is kind of. Yeah, it's. They're it's, all sitting around talking about, oh, woe is me. How did we land here? Thank God we're safe, but now we're, we're stuck all here. We're alive, but. Yeah. Well, why don't we create a utopia here? How could we create a utopia here? We're in the middle of nowhere. But it's a really nice island. It's a super swell island. Well, let's go find out what we can see. Um, and of course, every time Gonzalo says something nice, Antonio and Sebastian mock him. Because they're dicks. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, Gonzalo's they're just, they, they just like Gonzalo is just an easy just, target. He, he is, he, but he's this—he's a sweet old man. So, but the, okay. So in this scene, they're sitting around, and in their discuss after the discussion of utopia, they're then like, "Hey, um, this would be a great chance, Sebastian. We could kill your brother." <laughs> And, so, yeah. and you could be Well, first first we have to talk about, like, Fred, Ferdinand is not there. Ferdinand's not there, no. and the king's like, and he's king, dead. Yeah. He's dead. And some of the other people are like, he might not be dead. Well, Francisco's, nope. yeah. Francisco's like, I saw him swimming. He was swimming. He was doing okay. He might have survived. He, this is a big island. He might be on a different beach. He was beach. a prince. He was on the national swim team. <laughs> Gold medals. Is it possible that he landed on a different beach and some old guy found him and enslaved him as a, you know, Not possible. Room for my his son. daughter. My son is. And, that, and that's really when we start getting. Gonzalo then is, starts talking about if I had plantation of this isle, you know, and I would do all these nice things and everybody would live here in peace and blah, blah, blah. And so. I would make fun of you if you said yeah, that. Yeah, so then. Ariel so you know. shows up and sends um, Gonzalo and 
Alonzo the King to sleep. Why is that the best way to get people out of the scene? <laughs> but also, why did that stop them from killing him? Look, when you got a hammer, well, because this, like this, this is where they start talking about killing. Yeah, him. this is when Sebastian they go to in sleep, our, in our then, Sebastian and Antonio pair up. Um, this is where they start talking Sebastian, about. Yeah, him. Antonio's like, so you remember what I did to my brother Prospero when I took his dukedom? Yeah. Why like, don't you do that with your brother? Wouldn't the best time to do that be while he's been magically put to sleep? He's been magically put to sleep over no, here. No, it's not. Should we wander around an island and talk to some well, things for a while? We could also kill the annoying old guy who would probably have a problem with us killing the king so that you can let's, steal his Well, I don't know if I want to kill him. Let's keep talking and talking and talking <laughs> about this until they wake up. And so they're literally standing over them with their swords drawn. Getting ready to murder getting them. Getting ready to murder them when they wake up. And they're like, why do you have your swords drawn? And they're like, there was a thing over there. It was about, and it was dangerous. Like it, was a, it was a bear. It was I, eating a guy. I saved you. He exhumed him. He's a big swan. <laughs> he exhumed him? Pursued by I did, a bear. I got a shirt that says, exit pursued by a bear, by the way. Yeah. I got it for that writer's convention I went to so that I could have something. But I didn't remember that there are also furries that go to that convention. Oh. no, Yeah. Mm. That ended with a very weird conversation when I was trying to buy a button. <laughs> so the guy reads, his shirt, reads my shirt and he goes, exit pursued by a bear. I got bear ears. And I just went, uh. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, you walked too far away. Oh, <laughs> uh, look at my wrist. It's time to go. But okay, so we have Ariel who's put them to sleep and then watches this conversation happen, and then Ariel wakes them up. Then Ariel, Ariel, hey, like, you're about to get murdered. Maybe you should be awake. You too. What? Look up here. Look up here. You too. <laughs> what movie is it from? It's from Three Amigos. <laughs> look up here. Look up here. Look up here. You too. Look up here. Would Puck have woke them up or just been like, huh? Didn't think that would happen if I put them to sleep. No, Puck, Puck would have woken him up. Puck would have woken him up? Yes. Because Oberon probably had some sort of plan. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise he wouldn't have been bothered. And so he's like, yeah, there's a big, crazy, scary thing. That's why we have our swords out. Yeah. Let's go keep looking for your son. Bye. <laughs> Just keep an eye out for the scary thing. On another part that of the island. Is actually I feel us. Like, every, like the transition for every scene should be, and on another part of the island. Dun, dun, dun. We have Caliban who is... Cursing his existence and cursing Prospero and all the infections, of the all the sun infections of the sun from bogs, fens, flats on Prosper Fall and make him by inch meal a disease. This is Ryan's favorite trio. By the way. His spirits hear me, and yet I needs must curse. But they'll nor pinch, fright me with urchin shows, nor pitch me in the mire, nor lead me like a firebrand in the dark out of my way unless he bit him. Now I know why Miranda kind of dozed off. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, yes, he Yeah, that was... Uh, also, is, I did not look at the script for that. No. <laughs> Caliban is cursing on the beach, and somebody in a drunken stupor comes in, and he Low goes, now, ah, Oh, no. Because, as far as Caliban knows, like, they're the only people on the island, and anything else that he encounters on the island is something sent by Prospero yep, to he torment call, He calls Trinculo, who is the one who has shown up, a spirit of Prospero's, and then he goes and... He's like, I'm going to lay down and hide, hide under my cloak. Rock. And hopefully if I hide by my cloak, he won't notice me. He won't All see said, me. Every time I've seen this, it, that is always said very loudly. And where Trinculo can very easily hear it. Hmm. And so Trinculo wanders on and he's like, oh my gosh, it's so hot on this island. 
I hate this a lot. This sucks so <laughs> this bad. This sucks so bad. And then I he am hears, drunk and he hears, this sucks. He hears thunder and he's like, ah, the storm's coming. I'm going to get hit by lightning unless I crawl under this cloak on the beach. Because well, wait, he sees, nobody ever told Trinculo how lightning works. But he sees... He sees he fair, sees Caliban there. Did they know? He sees Benjamin Caliban there. He starts describing him like he's some sort of fish. He's like, are you a fish? Are you a man? And you then he's like, he oh like shit, fish? there's a storm. Let me hide under this weird dead fish man. That's usually where I go in a storm. Mm. I find the weirdest, deadest, smelliest fish man. And they burrow underneath him. And Caliban, of course, is like, what is happening right now? But he doesn't. He doesn't do anything. Do anything. Because I think he still thinks it's a spirit come to torment him, and I bet from his experience, if he tries to fight back, it goes worse for you him. You don't think it's the four-year-old, five-year-old who just thinks if they close their eyes, the thing can't mm. see it if it can't see them? I mean, it might also be yeah, A little column A, a little column um, B. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so then Stefano comes, comes Stefano. on. Yeah. Stefano. Stefano. And he's singing a drinking song because he's very drunk. And he sees the thing with four legs. He's it's like, oh, you know what? I could take this thing with four legs. I could sell it to somebody as a curiosity, and they'd pay me real big money for it. I could yes, find a four legged, four legged fish monster thing. Yeah, I'm gonna take it home. So yeah, and and then Caliban is of course like going, "What? Get this thing away from me! Please. It's touching me! Please stop, stop poking like, me! Don't sell me!" Stephen was like, "Hey, hey, hey! I can calm what ails you. Have a drink from my bottle." And, like, force feeds him alcohol. I feel like I've done that to you. I, I Here, don't think that you, you should try to know. No, no <laughs> not this one. I brought one for Cassie. Did you buy that habanero mango one? No, I didn't. Um, I brought I brought. I wouldn't drink. drink that. Oh, shh. It's a cider. Don't worry about it. It's got habanero in it. But I didn't know. I did it. not bring that. It's not that habanero. No, it's not that one. It's a totally different habanero, Cassie. So... They give Caliban alcohol. Well, well first, first he starts pulling on his legs and stuff like that, and then Trinculo starts talking. Four <laughs> legs and two voices. Because Stefano's an idiot. And Trinculo's like, Stefano, dude, it's me. He's like, oh, shit, I know you. You got real scaly legs all of a sudden. <laughs> I, no, I are, know you. Those aren't my legs. Oh, my bad. <laughs> and he's like, hey, you have... You have alcohol in your hand. Where'd you get that alcohol? He's like, well, funny story. I actually survived the shipwreck by holding on to a cask of alcohol. I rode a barrel of booze to the island. And I still have it. It's over there. Let's go drink some. Along with this weird fish man who has now, for some reason, decided that Stefano is a god. Because he gave him alcohol. And gave him magical celestial liquor. He's like, I, I swear upon this bottle to be thy subject. I will be thy subject. I will kiss your boot. And Trinculo's like, what the hell is happening? And Stefano's like, yeah, all right. You've never been Shady McBuy's for minor then. Because if you had been, <laughs> yeah. you, would, you would understand. You would completely understand Caliban if you've ever been Shady McBuy's for minors. Unfortunately, Mom, plug your ears. I have definitely had that feeling before. Of, mm-hmm. Yeah, you love me a lot because I gave you liquor, huh? Yeah. I can buy beer. <laughs> I can buy beer now. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, you've obviously never been Shady McBuy's for minors. So, uh, no, I haven't a ball or something. Yeah. yeah. Way, way to raise your daughter right, Wendy. Yeah, don't do that. Don't buy alcohol for and I, people under 21. 
I don't love know. this moment I don't where hang out with people under twenty-one. Where Trinculo's like, "Hey, you're alive. This is great," and grabs Stefano and spins him around in a circle because he's so excited. And Stefano's like, like, "Please <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that I again." Am, or I'm gonna I heave guts. I am very drunk. I'm gonna heave guts all so, over you. This scene in, in like, first of all, these three are. It's hilarious. The rest, they're funny. They're, it, this is funny. But this scene, like, set on stage in Shakespeare time, I bet would have been fucking outrageous. Oh, they would have loved it. There would have been bottom shown for no reason, and alcohol spit out over the crowd, and all sorts of craziness. It would have been amazing. Amazing. Also, I really liked seeing, uh, never mind, I can't remember his name. Ah, guy was married to Katy Perry for a while. Russell Brand, Russell Brand, is, who is in the yes, in the Julie Taymor, the Julie Taymor, mm-hmm. yeah, he, uh, it's, it's 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 Russell Brand and the other Russell guy. Brand and and uh, the other guy is in everything. Alfred Molina, yes, him and Jamon Hansu are the three that play Stefano Trinculo and Caliban, and they are hilarious, amazing. Yes, they are very. And we funny. will. We already have that pin, so yeah. we we'll go back definitely to talk I'm, about I've that. I've lost track of the pins we have. Right. We have a lot of pins. So, we may not remember all of them. Act folks. three takes us to somewhere back, back to Ferdinand. Somewhere back to else the lovers. Island. And Ferdinand is hauling logs, going, "How did I come to this? How much fucking wood do they need?" Everybody is always. It's cutting. the only. It's the only job to give people on this. Well, island. no How wonder what the use is having a slave. Ferdinand could chuck What the use is having a slave if you don't have a task for them? <laughs> nice. But the only thing to do, go give me some more wood. And all he's thinking about is giving Miranda wood. Stop it! That was terrible. <laughs> I'm not even proud of that one. I'm but he, that's exactly what Ferdinand is thinking right. about. Well, he doesn't mind the labor over much. And and Miranda's like, but I hate watching you have to do this horrible hard work. She's you should like, sit down and rest. I'll carry your logs for you for a while. She definitely wants like, to carry his log. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> She's like, why don't you sit there and I'll get you some ice cold lemonade. So then. <laughs> you muscly armed prince boy. I this is put up a okay, barrier so between the boys and the girls at this table right now. That's just how Ryan picks up men, so it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Offering to carry their logs? Yes. But anyway, Ferdinand says, I would rather die than see you carry my burden. Yes. I, your dad is making me carry this wood. I will not let you do it. Oh, well, you're so manly and so nice. I guess I will accidentally tell you my name, which my dad told me not to do for some fucking reason I don't really remember. And also, Oh, my dad, I broke your, I broke your, my promise. I said that I wouldn't tell him my name. My name's And, and also, he's like shut up with his magic books. And so we're not going to see him for three hours, so you can seriously stop working and sit down and have a conversation with me. Yeah. Drink this cold lemonade I brought you. (laughs) Drink it! I want to watch your And uh, basically, they get engaged in this scene. Yep. And and Prospero has actually been like... He's been like watching them through a magical portal or something while he's been working with his magic books. And he's like, yes, yes, this is exactly what I planned. I like He's to not say I plan things. Yeah, he's still creepy. He's still creepy. I like to say I plan things after they happen. Like, oh yeah, totally set those people up. It's kind of like an Emma Woodhouse thing. Yeah. He's like, I did this. Mm-hmm. I did this. I totally did. I this. I make this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, meme boy. All right, and then we go back to the so fun trio on another part of the island. Um, with 
Caliban and Tranquilo and Stefano who are lost because Caliban is drunk. Well, they're all drunk. They're all drunk. I don't know if you've ever gone on a drunk crusade with someone. I have not. But you never get there when you think you will. Like You get there when you need to. No. Because somebody, <laughs> somebody has to stop to pee along the way. I, I Look, you get there when you need to get there. No, this isn't like wizard. I think it might be. <laughs> it's not like a wizard. So I've gone on... I find I am most magical when I'm I, drunk. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> I'm going to fist bump that. Chase explosion. Chase explosion. But I, and all of the drunken journeys, odysseys, I'm going to go with odyssey. Mm-hmm. All of the drunken odysseys I've gone on, no one knows who's leading. Mm-hmm. No one knows really where they're going, except for one guy who probably you left at the last bar was the one who had the idea. Right. And it always goes terribly. Mm-hmm. So that's what these three are doing. It's a terrible drunken odyssey that we get to watch. Made better by the fact that Ariel is now hanging around them causing trouble. What would, where, if you were a mischievous sprite. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Go to the I've actually, actually, you know what? I think I have watched you mislead drunkards. No, probably not. I think no. you just walked away. That sounds about right. But it would be funny. But basically, picks trouble by Caliban's trying to tell him the story of the island and how he's been enslaved, and Ariel goes and stands behind Tranquilo and goes, you're lying! And then Caliban's like, what'd you say to me? What'd you say to me? And Tranquilo's like, I didn't say anything. I literally have been silent for 20 minutes. Really? Fight me, bro! This becomes the best three stooges. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It... No, I, I love I love the the antics between the three of them. Oh, especially when especially when Ariel is inciting um, them to argue amongst each other. But basically, by the end of this scene, Caliban has extracted a promise that he will he will lead Stefano and Trinculo to Prospero. They will kill Prospero. They will batter and, his skull, and then. Or slit um, his wheezand with a knife. What's a wheezand? Throat. And slit his throat. It's not what I think a wheezand is. That's what a wheezand is, though. It's his throat. I would think it's your wizand. Like the end, your whiz comes out. No, that's no. not it. No, you can't. Why do you call it a wheezand? Where you wheeze from? I don't wheeze. Well, maybe he's old and he wheezes. Is that either way? Right. Either they're gonna batter his head with a with a rock, or they're gonna they're gonna stake him like he's some kind of vampire, or cut his wee's end. Yeah. So now we have two groups. Two of our trio, two of our trios, are plotting murder. murder. Yeah. Yes, because Antonio and Sebastian are plottering, 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 are plotting the murder of uh, Alonzo. And, and yeah. then Stefano, Trinculo, and Caliban are plotting the murder of Prospero. And Ariel is bringing all this news back. So when the plot to kill the king and Gonzalo came, Ariel took it to Prospero and went, uh, they're going to kill the king. Just so you're aware, they're plotting to do that. Prospero was like, that might screw my fine, I'll deal with it. Fine. And then comes back here and is like, oh, and Caliban's trying to kill you? And Prospero's probably like, when is Caliban not trying to kill like, you? Like, <laughs> what day of the week is it, bitch? Day ending in why? Well, now he's got these two, like, drunk goons. Oh, you're right. This is not a problem that you need to worry about. They're just, go lead them around in circles for a while. Done. 
So right. then we go back to... Another part of the island? Another part of the island. Alonzo, Sebastian, and Antonio, and Gonzalo. Adrian and Francisco. Adrian and Francisco. There's too many people in the story. Well, you have to have those. You have to have those six to have. You know, it's your even even numbers there. And let's I have just, a. You know what we haven't like, had in a while in this. What's that? Let's have a party. Yeah. Like a magic party, Chase. Do you want to have a magic party? That sounds great. So let's say you're walking down the beach, mm-hmm. and a magic table appears mm-hmm. with magic food. Love it. You gonna go eat that food? Do I know the beach? No. Mm, I'm probably going to be a little skeptical of that food. Well, then you'd be smart like Gonzalo, because mm-hmm. Alonzo, Antonio, and Sebastian are like, we're going to go eat that food. And Gonzalo's like, maybe Whoa, we shouldn't eat the up. food that just appeared on a table out of nowhere on a deserted let's, island. Let's say they don't listen. Mm-hmm. They walk over to the table, and thunder rumbles. What do you do then? Mm, probably hide another table. What if a harpy shows up? Definitely hide under that table. So we're bringing magic party, thunder rumbles, harpy visited by a harpy. Happy. You are Best three men of sin ever, whom destiny that hath to instrument this lower world and what is in the never surfeited sea hath caused to belch up you. And on this island where man doth not inhabit, you amongst men being most unfit to live, I have made you mad. And he jump. He jumps Great on the table as as a harpy. And the, the the banquet vanishes. And all these other spirits of Era like attacking and, and they all and Sebastian draw, draw swords. their swords and, and Era's like, what the fuck you think that's gonna do? <laughs> I made a fucking air, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Mm, mm. Try but, to cut yeah. me, bitch. And and that's when oh hey, I know what you did. And Alonzo's like do you remember Prospero, who you supplanted? Because Prospero remembers, and he said me. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Pepperidge Farm was going to be one of the things I used to talk about this, and I made you mad. Because if somebody was like, hey, Chase, you want some summer sausage and some cheese? Usually. Yeah, here, you want this? Here, you can have it. No! Oh. I'm going to throw it away and you can't have it I'm anymore. jump on you like a harpy instead. And instead, someone's going to yell at you. So for the rest oh, of the day, man. what are you thinking about? Oh, that summer sausage and cheese. Mm, you don't get to have it now. So Ariel locks the Chase's three bag. who tried... I'll order him pizza in a little bit. Ariel locks the three who tried to eat the food at the banquet into this tormented dream state. Which is probably do you want some summer sausage and some cheese you can't have it. Meanwhile Gonzalo is sitting on the beach going told him not to eat it. Now I don't know what's going on with them over there but it doesn't look good. Now they're all being weird and stuff. And we're told later that he's sitting on the beach crying. (laughs) I don't wanna be all that and then we we go to we go to Act Four. Yes, Act Four, Scene One. We're back to another part of the island. Another, another part, part of the, the island. island. And we open on Prosper going. You know what? I may have judged you one harshly. You want to marry my daughter? Okay. I've decided to allow it. Yep, I'll You've allow it. You've worn me down. I give you my consent. But no hanky panky to fuck it. No ding ding without the wedding ring. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank, thank Robin Hood Minutes. I mean, that's basically what he says, though. No, it is. And then he decides to bring out a series of, like... 
air spirits dressed as Greek Nymphs gods. and fairies and everything well, else. It, not I, Greek, Juno, I'm sorry. Juno and, and Ceres, yes. No, yeah, and, Roman. And I, so I did find a Ceres beer that we could have brought today, <laughs> but this is such a minuscule part, and it was an IPA. I'm like, meh. Um, so halfway through, halfway through his little show, he's like, "Oh fuck, I forgot Caliban's gonna kill me." Ah, oh, it was such a non-issue. Until... I totally forgot about that. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> oh, I for... Why? Only when I'm around you and Chase does the phrase "all oh, dicks" come out. Oh, all dicks. dicks. He even brought it into work. Ah, oh, dicks. But. <laughs> all of a sudden, he's like, wait, whoa, like, crap, someone is trying to kill me. To Ariel, kill me. can you go distract them with something shiny, please? Show must go on. Show must go on. <laughs> Let me chase them with dogs. And so Ariel, like, puts in front of them, like, these trunks of luggage with fancy clothes. Yeah. And Stefano and Trinculo completely forget about it. They have a dress-up party. And Caliban's like, what are you doing? And they're like, no, we're going to go through <laughs> all these clothes. And Caliban's like, I'm sober now. And y'all are idiots. What are you doing? They decide to have an 80s uh, uh, makeover montage on the middle of the island before they go commit a white murder. They're having a dress-up party. And Caliban's like, if you gotta, if you want something done on this island, you got to fucking do it yourself. Queen is playing, and they're having a good time. Having, having a, a good, good time. time. Oh, that'd be amazing. The next, all right, the next time somebody directs this play. Yep. That's happening. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, it is a... Is it 30 seconds or three minutes? Because it's one or the other. Why? Because 30 seconds is a funny one-off joke. Three minutes is it's funny. It stops being funny. It gets really oh, funny again. It gets funny again. The Seth yeah, Exactly. Yeah, no. 30 seconds. Okay. Um, so then we, we, Prosper's like, it's all coming together. The final, uh, bit of my plan is about to be enacted and there let's is, go to act five. He has a pretty good, like, whoa, ha, 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 ha. He does. And that actually leads to one of my favorite moments in this play is between Ariel and Prospero, top wait, of act wait, five. Wait, wait. After the dress up party. Oh. They are chased by imaginary dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Interrupt the dress up party. <laughs> so you have 30 seconds of Queen having a good time. Oh shit, look at those dogs in the name of the fucking book. So, do you think, since there was typically the same comedic actors in every Shakespeare play, mm-hmm. the same people playing the fool over and over and over again, and some of the best parts are written for the fool, do you think. That the guy they had playing the fool maybe peed on Shakespeare, and so he decided to write this particular part for him. <laughs> it's like, like, oh shit, yeah? You think this is funny? Dogs. Yeah. Now, dogs, Now run around and make it look good while you're being chased by dogs in pretty clothes. Imaginary you know? dogs. Mm, suck it, nerd. I can make you do what I want. <laughs> That's a... you, can't, yeah, you can't forget the imaginary dogs. You can't forget the imaginary dogs. Shakespeare's like, hey, Burbage. <laughs> <laughs> and Burbage, enjoy. Good job, Ricky. Wanna, you want to see what I can make your son do? <laughs> Right, sorry, but then that's a then that's, that's a that's a very and three hundred Shakespeare scholars just punched the air. All right. <laughs> moving uh, on. So moving on to what is legitimately one of my favorite moments in the play is Prospero's doing his blah 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 ha ha. Yeah, like I'm 
going to enact my revenge. He's a sweet moment with Ariel. And then Ariel goes, you know what? I did what you asked. They're trapped in, in this torment. And honestly, if you could see them, I think they'd evoke, you know, pity and tenderness in you. And Prosper is like, you, you think that, do you? I've been on Is that island. what you think? <laughs> and Ariel goes on an island yeah. with no bacon. No. And Ariel says, mine would, sir, were I human. All and I got then, is that guy Caliban bringing me pig nuts. <laughs> Whatever the fuck those are. There's no pigs on the island. Where the fuck the pig nuts come from? <laughs> and then, and Snare then. nimble marmosets. Even though. <laughs> Why did you say marmosets? Because it's one of Caliban's lines. I will take thee where crabs grow. I will you know, teach you how to snare the nimble marmoset. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to talk about a tender-hearted moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just throw out, snare the mama set. You know what? That's my newest euphemism for masturbation now. Yeah, Ryan's off snaring the mama set again. Name on my sex tape. <laughs> it's too bad if it's Chase's band first. <laughs> Chase's band? The snare the mama marmoset. set. Snare the m- nimble marmoset. That sounds like a hipster band. Yeah. It's like Imagine Dragons, you know. No, stop. 33 episodes. 33. And we have never made her groan. She's never made that noise before. I'm really proud of us. Are you super glad that I'm talking this episode? Snare the Nibble Marmoset is opening for Imagine Dragons. Can we get the super busy bear back for Beth? No. I don't, you wouldn't tell me what it was. So we can't. We need that beer back so Cassie can get through her thoughts. All right. So what were your thoughts? So it's a super tender moment between Ariel and Prospero yes. where Ariel says, I, if I were human and I saw them in this state, I would forgive them what they've done. I think they've been tormented enough. And then Prospero goes, you know what? You're right. Which I feel it kind of comes out of left fields in several ways. I think, well, I think... In some ways, yes, but I think part of it is largely due to Ferdinand and Miranda. Yeah. Because as much as he was like, who, this is part of my revenge, he's like, oh, my daughter's kind of happy now. I forgot what happiness was about. Oh, fuck, she's happy, and if I fuck with Ferdinand's dad, then he's going to want to revenge on me. And then, you know, it's like a vicious cycle. But I I also feel like when we... And get it kind of starts to, the to scene, like Ferdinand. He does. But I kind of feel like when we get to the scene where Prospero is revealing himself to the to mm-hmm. the king and his brother, um, and he, he gets that moment where he's like in his brother's face and he goes, you know what? I forgive you. And I feel like it's that, that kind of like, I forgive your like, enemies because nothing will irritate them more. I feel like I've watched that happen so often in shows and movies where it's like, you know what? I forgive you. All of your drama inside you is all you now. It's not me. Yeah, no for you, most wicked sir, whom to call brother would even infect my mouth. I do forgive thy rankest fault. That's That right there is Prospero's like, you know what? You're a fucking shitty brother, but... You're a piece of shit, but... Can't hold on to it anymore. Yeah. So, act five... And that, that honestly has to... Has to to wear into Sebastian anyway because he's like but what? what?" Sebastian knew he was a shitty brother. Oh no he knew that. It's not that. It's the forgiveness part. That all of a sudden Sebastian's like 
What's this motherfucker? You forgive me? What's this motherfucker got planned? So <laughs> Act Five is only one scene. Yes, yes, all of Act Five yeah. is one scene, and it's bringing everything together. It's just First, all right. It's, everybody in the room. Everybody come on yep, in. Everybody on stage, and literally right. everybody on stage. You it's three a stand, scene without the murder. <laughs> you three stand in. Oh, it is like that. Yeah, Miss Marple's totally gonna tell who did it. Mm-hmm. You three stand in a beach. Like, like I did it. I did all of it. No, no, no. And then Ariel goes, oh, oh, "Excuse me, bitch. Yeah. Who oh, did what now? What I have learned my lesson, and I will epilogue it. But not yet. First, it's fix this beef. Fix this beef. Hey, Alonzo, your son's alive. Hey, Ferdinand, your dad's alive. Surprise. These two are getting married. It's going to be super cool. I'll ensure you have smooth sailing on the way out. I'm going to get my dukedom back, please and thank you. Because uh, otherwise well, I can cause another shipwreck. Well, and these Ariel, two are And these two are getting married, and then hey, Ariel. You're free get now. Get out of here. Go, no, no, Ariel, go get them. <laughs> go make sure their and ship sails no, smoothly. no, no. no. You guys are forgetting. Stefano, Trinculo, and Caliban. Oh, yeah. Ariel <laughs> gets sent out. Go get them. <laughs> I forgot about them. It's true. And here comes Stefano, Trinculo, and Caliban, drunk and angry and chased by dogs. <laughs> and Sebastian's like, oh, yeah, that is a drunk servant that I used to have to deal with. He's, he's, like, he's like, hey, I think, I, think, I think these two belong to you, but that one's mine. Oh, and, so embarrassing. Uh, when all of a sudden everybody's called together and your servants are the ones that are drunk and smelly and fighting with the fish man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alonzo's like, is this not Terrible Stefano, son. my drunken butler? <laughs> and Trinculo? My f- well, so Trinculo's the jester, mm-hmm. right? So he's the fool of the court. So that he's drunk and an idiot. <laughs> but he's like, how camest thou in this pickle? I am, I am pickled. I am, in fact, pickled. I've been in such a pickle since I saw you last that I fear me I will never out of my bones. I will never be... I'm so pickled, I will never be unpickled. I don't find that nearly as amusing as you do. I do. I think it's funny. He's like, I am That's so drunk... That's why said, I don't find it nearly as amusing I am so you. drunk that I will never be not drunk. And so, but Prospero sends everybody off. He's like... Ariel, make sure that you have smooth sailing. Ariel, make it so, and then as soon as you've done that, I give you your freedom. You're free to go. Caliban, I guess the island's yours now. Yeah, I'm leaving, so... I'm gonna, I'm gonna peace out, I'm so... Out. Caliban's like, sweet, you have like 20 years worth of wood stacked up in the back of this guy. <laughs> I don't even have to carry any wood. I can sit right here. And like, oh yeah, but we're all leaving Caliban. That's fine. That's yeah. It's oh, fine. I'm really cool with that. It's yep. like twelve years. I just wanted you to fucking go. I just want some peace and goddamn quiet. I, Get off my island. I just wanted you to fuck off for a while now. Thanks. You're leaving that nice little cell that you lived in. Um, I'm gonna have some shelter from the rain. I got all this firewood. I'm gonna. It's gonna be quiet. I don't have to live in that cave anymore. No. You can go catch the nimble marmosets. Yeah, <laughs> nimble marmosets. Like, please dig please some pig nuts. Get the fuck off my island. It's and so, also, but then, stay away. And but then, then we get one of the most the well-known speeches. Prospero's uh, epilogue. Prospero's epilogue. Now you know he wants to do. It. I know. I was like, I'm just gonna let. Now my it. charms are all overthrown, and what strength I have's mine own, which is most faint. Now it is true. I must be here, confined by you or sent to Naples. 
Let me not, since I have my dukedom got, and pardon the deceiver, dwell in this bare island by your spell. But release me from my hands, with the help, or my bands, with the help of your good hands. Gentle breath of yours my sails must fill, or else my project fails, which was to please. Now I want spirits to enforce, art to enchant, and my ending is despair, unless I be relieved by prayer, which pierces so that it assaults. Mercy itself and frees all faults, as you from crimes would pardon be. Let your indulgence set me free. So Prospero basically breaks the fourth wall, says to the audience, Hey, I'm going to follow them, but only if you let me, by applauding me. Yes. Otherwise, I'm stuck here forever. And it's one of my so favorite things that Shakespeare does. Theory? Does he need the applause to grow his wings? It's I don't know, but... One of my favorite if... things that Shakespeare does is when he ends plays by having a, a main character look at the audience yeah. and say... Okay. And if I was if I was staging this, I would have Prospero deliver that monologue and then have Caliban come out and go. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that that would be great. Yes. Yes. Caliban's like, okay. If all it took was clapping to get your ass off this island. Bye. We've seen Prospero break the fourth wall constantly, though. So Shakespeare does a lot of asides, but Prospero's asides are too. No one in particular. They're to Ariel most of the time. Well, but there are some scenes where he's watching, where he's watching Ferdinand and Miranda, and he's literally just, just like cackling to no, himself. But that's and to himself. Like, that's not to yeah. the audience. It feels like a bad Ryan Reynolds film, like where he's done the. Can you believe this? Or Saved by the Bell? Yeah, for Zach Morris. Zach, Zach Morris moment. So it, it that he breaks the fourth wall feels. I think there's a couple different Consistent. ways you can play. You can either Consistent. play him as doing it to himself, or you can play it as he's cluing the audience in on his, you know... Mechanations. Yeah. But I think, um, because we we did go a little bit longer on this... Um, I don't know how long we went. We're six. going, we're at 117 right now. Yeah, 117? So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think maybe... Because we have a lot to talk there about. There are so many pins There's in that so board. many pins We in have so board. many I pins. I wish the board wasn't imaginary and the I, pins weren't imaginary either. When we move, we can make the board real. We can make the board real before that. Well, yeah, but I don't want to put more holes on the walls if I can avoid it at this point. They're wooden walls. They're not going to notice. That's fair. Do you know how many holes are in this right now? That's fair. But anyway, <laughs> this has been Shakespeare, episode 33. I'm Ryan Halfill. I'm Cassie Greenley. I'm Beth Roars. <laughs> I'm Chase. <laughs> Good night, John Boy. Good night, John Boy. I'm really Beth Roars. I lied. <laughs> what? Bye. What? Okay. Bye.